chapter 21. And boy, how many of you thought back the day you were saved, and uh, as he was singing that, and I'm thankful the Lord saved us. I, I don't know whether you were young or old or where you were when you trusted Christ, but all of us were sinners, weren't we? And all of us needed Christ's grace, and I'm thankful for it. John chapter 21, and verse, we'll read verse, uh, beginning in verse 9, and read here to the end of the chapter, and we'll come back to the rest of it here shortly. But John chapter 21, and verse 9. <clears throat> As soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all, for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and the fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whithersoever thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by which death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which was also leaned on the breast of supper, and, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is it that, that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, he shall not die. But if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did. The which if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the Bible that we hold this morning. Lord, these things contain the things that you wanted us to receive. This verse mentioned that the world could not contain, Lord, the books that could have been written if everything was written about you that could have been written. But you gave us these things on purpose, not only for the early church, but for us here today. And I pray that we would learn from it. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd give me the wisdom and the words to say. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd touch the heart of every person here. If there's someone who needs Christ who doesn't know you, doesn't know what it is like to be a sinner saved by grace, I pray that today they'd come to Christ as their personal Savior. For those of us that are saved, I pray that our relationship would be strengthened. Lord, we love you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Here we come to the end of the book of John, and here at the end of the book of John, God asks Peter an important question, lovest thou me more than these? He faces a, a dilemma of love, doesn't he? He doesn't ask Peter if he loves. He said, lovest thou me more than these? Obviously, he loved. Love is, is in our DNA a little bit. Now, we can't love in the appropriate way without the God in our life. It's a fruit of the Spirit. But love is something that God has put us in, and everybody loves something. 
Some people love things, some people love accomplishments, and some people love themselves, some people love others, but God calls us to love Him and love Him above it all. The Lord puts Peter in a little bit of a, a, a place, and he says, Lovest thou me more than these? Have you, have you ever had one of those moments where there's a challenge? What do you love? All right. How many of you are steak eaters? Anybody a steak eater? You love, you love beef? I believe beef. beef. God made it just for us, all right? And, uh, you know, I, I enjoy a steak. And everyone, when my wife and I first got married, uh, even before we were married, uh, you know, this is going to make me sound really spiritual. I said, when we would go out to eat, I'd say, now I'll buy you your food and I'll buy my food, but we don't share food, all right? Anybody else have that, that rule? No, I'm the only guy. All right, okay. I'll buy you whatever you want, all right? But inevitably, let's, let's just share. I, you know, I don't want anything. You get the dessert. Not really, is it? You go ahead and order two, fellas. Go ahead and order two, all right? And, uh, but, uh, you know, it wasn't long, and we'd be eating, and she would take the last bite. Anybody save your last bite? Anybody like that? You save your last bite. I mean, if I'm sitting there, and, and I have steak, mashed potatoes, and green beans, just the, uh, the trinity of foods right there, all right, on the plate. If you have that there, and for me, let me tell you, the green bean will not be the last bite, all right? Now, I like mashed potatoes, but I'm not finishing with the mashed potatoes either, all right? I'm going to save for the last bite to be a piece of that steak, all right? Anybody ever been saving that last bite? Maybe not even consciously, but then someone reaches over and commits the unpardonable sin, right? Boom, they take it. Anybody ever had that happen? And they take your last bite, and you have a dilemma, all right? An immediately dilemma. Now, what did I love most, all right? Do I love this person who just stole my last bite or do I love my last bite? All right. She has won. All right. She has won. But there was a brief moment in my mind. All right. No, but we're faced and in a silly way, but we are faced at times with what we will love most, aren't we? What do you love most? You know, we know this, a, a father, the Lord calls a father. He says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and what? Gave himself for it, right? We're called to love. And you make a decision at times to sacrifice yourself for your home and for your family. My brother, when he got married in the room that, where we were preparing, it was the conference room at a church at First Baptist of Milford. And above the wall there, it was said on the wall, it's not about you anymore, all right? I teased my brother. See, brother, you're in trouble. And I was on their staff, the meeting where they met for staff. But, uh, but it said, it's not about you anymore. We recognize this. There's a call. Right? There's a call for a, for a lady as well. Submit yourselves unto her husband as unto the who? The Lord. Marriage isn't about how much you love you. It's about how much you love the other. And you make decisions based upon that, don't you? Here in this passage of Scripture, God presents a dilemma to Peter. Lovest thou me more than these? Do you love me? If you were to go to the beginning of John, you would see God's love really just... Uh, just it's it just displayed for instance in John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word what was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glories of the only begotten of the father and why did he come for God so what love the world John opens up John the book of John opens up with God displaying his love to us doesn't he if you go back just a few chapters here in, in love, you'll see God's, really God's love even put on a greater display. We see Calvary. 
We see what he did for us at the cross as Jesus would love us so much that he would sacrifice himself and bear our sin upon Calvary and take our sin upon him and God the Father would turn his back on his own son and Jesus would give up the ghost bearing the price of our sin all because he loved us. So John begins with God's love on display. It proves God's love here. But now there comes the question. The book of John finishes with this question. Lovest thou me more than these? I don't think God put that there on accident. God has displayed his love for us. And now he asks us this question. Lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? God's love for us is an unquestionable thing, isn't it? There's no, there's no denying that God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But our love has a question mark to by it, doesn't it? God would use John to highlight love through this book. He would use him to highlight it again in, in 1 John. He would use him to, as he wrote the book of Revelations, and he would speak about that church at Ephesus. The Lord would say, I have somewhat against thee. You've left your first love. And God asks us this question, do you love him? And God would look at Peter and he'd say, Peter, I have this question. Lovest thou who? Me. The Lord drew his attention, the focus of our love. Lovest thou me? I like the first part of this scripture. It reminds us of something. He would remind Peter as he drew his attention to him in this opening part of this chapter about what God had done for him. Look at verse 3. It says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. Then said they unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship, and and immediately that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, and the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, children, have ye any meat? They answered him, no. And he saith unto them, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it in for the multitude of fishes. Therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. Boy, the Lord was drawing Peter's attention back. Boy, if you were to read to Luke chapter 5, we don't have time, but if you were to read Luke chapter 5, you would see when God would begin to call these men. At one point, the Lord comes and he comes and he enters into Peter's ship and they, he says, just cast out a little bit from the shore and the Lord would begin to preach and teach. And then he would say, hey, Peter, take me out into the deep. And Peter would take the Lord out into the deep and the Lord would look at Peter and say, Peter, cast your net in. And he would say, Lord, we have been out fishing all night long and we have caught nothing. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will. And he would throw his net over into the sea and boy, he would bring in a haul to the place that his net began to break. He would call the other disciples, James, John, bring your boat over, get over here, bring in some of these fish. And Peter would begin to worship God for who he was. And he would say these words, and the Bible would say these words about Peter. He forsook all. He forsook all and followed him. But here we see Peter went back, didn't he? The Lord had been crucified. He had been buried. He had risen. And Peter had even seen the Lord risen, but he had denied the Lord three times. And he went back to his boat and back to his livelihood. And the Lord showed up. And this time he didn't feed 5,000. He didn't heal a lame man or make a blind man see. He said, I'm going to do something that will remind this man of who I am. Hey, fellas, have you caught anything? Throw your net in. They bring in a haul. And Peter is reminded again 
of who the Lord is, and he's reminded of his power. Have you thought about who God is lately? This is the one who said, let there be light. This is the one who spoke this world into existence. This is the one who formed you, and before you were formed in the womb or in the belly, he knew thee. This is the God who created us, makes us. This is the one before whom all will bow one day. This is the one who, when he walked on earth, he showed his power over demons as he would cast them out. He would show his power over disease as he would heal. He would show his power over sins when he forgave sin. He would show his power over nature when he would say, peace be still. This is who he is. And Peter was reminded in that moment, that is the Lord. Look at his power. Hey, Peter, what is greater? What could you possibly love? more than me. Friend, what could you possibly love more than him? What could possibly be greater than him? Who could possibly be greater than him? Lovest thou me? He reminded Peter of who he was. He reminded Peter of what he could do. He reminded them of the time they had spent with him. Verse 9, And soon when they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land, full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three and four. All there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. Boy, the Lord reminded of what it was like to spend time with him, didn't he? For three years, the disciples knew what it was like since that moment that Peter forsook all and followed the Lord. And he knew what it was like. He didn't know where he was going to spend the night. He just knew he was going to spend the night with the Lord. They didn't always know what they were going to eat. They knew the Lord was going to provide. They would spend time with the Lord, not only as he preached that Sermon on the Mount and the Olivet Discourse and had those great conversations with, the, with, with other people, but they would sit by his side at the night as the fire was lit and they would commune with the Lord in private. They would walk with him in the multitudes. They would walk with him in the quiet and they spent time with their Savior. And here the Lord reminds them of how wonderful it was to sit with him by the fireside again. Lovest thou me more? Don't you love this, Peter? Remember what it was like just to spend time in the presence of God? He'd remind him of his person. It's the Lord. They would remind him of his power. Cast your net on the other side. Here he's reminding them of his presence. As he was just simply reminding them, it is a wonderful thing to spend time in the presence of God. God calls the attention of our love to our Lord. But then he does this. Look at verse 13. It says, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and the fish likewise. Boy, the Lord began to remind him of what he had just done at Calvary for him, didn't he? Here they sit down by the fire and I just picture the Lord as he grabs some of that bread and begins to break it. Peter, James, John... Thomas, here you guys go. And I bet their mind went back to about a week and a half earlier or so, not that long ago, in an upper room. As he sat down with them in that last time, that last of the needed Passover suppers and the first of the Lord's Supper, as the Lord would break that bread, hey, this is my body which is broken for you. 
Here's the juice. This is the blood that will be shed for you. Remember what I'm about to do for you on the cross. I'll be beaten for you. Nails through his hands, through his feet, his beard plucked out, spit in his face, name blasphemed, stripped naked in the common hall. The crowd would cry out, crucify him, crucify him. Hanging on the cross, God the Father would turn his back on his own son. And Jesus would look up into heaven and say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the answer was, because he took our sin upon him. Lord was reminding them, I love you so much. Friend, there is nothing in this world worthy of love like, it, like Jesus is worthy. Friend, there is no one more worthy of love than Jesus is worthy. I think as they spent time in his presence, Peter began to regain that love. I'll tell you this, friend, the further you get from the presence of God, the less the light of God's love will burn in your heart. The further you get from his presence, the dimmer the flame of God's love will be in your heart. Come and dine, he would say. Come and dine. And he reminded him to focus on who he was to love. Then we see the choice of love, don't we? Notice this, he would say to him in verse 15, lovest thou more, me more than these? That's not a demand, is it? Peter, love me. Thou shalt love me. You must love me. Peter, I'm ordering you, love me. No, he said the question, lovest thou me more than these? Verse 16, lovest thou me? Verse 17, lovest thou me? Question mark at every turn. God wasn't going to demand it from him. He had pictured it how much he loved Peter over and over and over again. And now he was asking him, do you love me? Boy, that's the theme of scripture. Adam and Eve had a choice, didn't they? God put them in a perfect world, perfect environment. They had the opportunity to walk with God for all of eternity in the cool of the day, to spend their time with the creator of the world in a perfect world. And God said, but I'm not going to make you do that. One tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil. There it is in the tree. There's the tree. Adam and Eve, the day that you eat of thee, thou surely die. You'll be surely be separated from me. You can, I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. But if you ever decide you don't want to, there's your opportunity out. And boy, what a horrible decision they made when they ate of that tree. Death and sin and destruction and everything opposite of God came into this world. He's the resurrection and the life and death and destruction entered in the world. He is holy and sin entered into the world. He is joy and heartache entered into the world. All the things opposite of our God entered into this world because they chose differently than him. How about Cain and Abel? Cain, if you would just offer what I, I've asked of you to offer, it'll, you'll be accepted. And Abel would offer up and worship God as he would chose, but God would force nothing. And Cain would make the decision, I will not worship God his way. I will worship God my way. But Cain had a choice. Cain had a choice. How about Abraham? Hey, come out of that land of Ur and I'll make of thee a great and mighty nation, Abraham. Abraham made a choice. He left. He would follow the Lord. How about Noah? 
I like what it says in Genesis 6, 8 through 9, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. In a world that was pleasing self and turning to wickedness and sin and evil and all that was there and just of a pursuit of self, Noah made a different decision. Rather than seeking self and the things of this world, I'm going to seek the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But Noah could have done what the rest of the world did. But he chose right. Noah, Abraham, how about Ruth the Moabitess? The other sister-in-law went back. But she chose, she chose the Lord. Your God shall be my God. Friend, it is the theme of Scripture. Choice. Love always offers a choice. I will tell you this. You and I are still offered that choice, aren't we? Whether you'll know him or not, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. The, the, the song this morning, the message of the song, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, I can look back at my life for the day at me in May of 1995 at Madera Baptist Church. I made the decision. I'm trusting Christ. And that sinner became a saint, saved by grace, because I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I made a choice. When was your choice? Now, maybe you've never made the choice to follow him. It's still a choice. Christian, whether you'll love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, it's still your choice. Whether you'll love the things of this world more. I think of what the Bible says in 1 John. Boy, he would, John would make this statement in 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that, hath, that, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. John would say, don't love the flesh. That's the desire to experience the things of life. Don't love the, the lust of the eyes. That's the desire to have the things out of life. And not certainly not the pride of life, the desire to accomplish things in this life, but rather love the Father. What do you love? And more even than what do you love, who do you love? Lovest thou me more than these? That was a question the Lord asked that day. And I, and I would tell you this, friend, it's still a choice. What we love this week will be on full display. But it will be our choice. It will be our choice. There is the choice. And lastly, we see this. We see the result of that love. I like the verses in 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 8, 15. It says this, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Aren't you glad God loved you so much that he died for you? And God calls us to love him so much that we live for him. That's the call of that passage of scripture. Notice when Peter made the right choice. He would pursue the Lord. And I find out some things happened in his life. First of all, love, love took him off the shelf. Verse 3 again. Simon Peter saith unto him, I go a fishing. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. I think that's pretty good teaching right there. When they were trying to do their thing, they didn't catch anything. 
I'll tell you this, as long as you're pursuing what you want, you'll cut nothing of eternal value. Nothing. They caught nothing. When they followed his instruction, their net was full. Luke 5, 8 through 11, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of fishes that they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when he had brought up their ships to land, they forsook all and they followed him. We see that time in Luke chapter 5 when Peter was called and he forsook all and he followed the Lord. But in this passage of Scripture, John 21, in the beginning we see John taking himself off the forsaking all and following the Lord. And he put himself on the shelf, didn't he? God doesn't put people on on the shelf. People put themselves on the shelf. God's done with you when he calls you out of this world. That's when he's done with you. But Peter... Whether it was because he felt like he denied the Lord and he was of no worth to the Lord anymore, or whether it was felt that, well, the Lord's not going to be with us anymore, there'll be no more fireside conversations, he's going to be out of this world, so I'm just going back to my boat. Whatever it was, Peter decided that he's putting himself on the shelf. And so the Lord asked him a question. Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter, what do you love? Your vocation out there, the things of this world, are you going to love me and do what I ask of you? He would tell Peter before his crucifixion, Satan, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, do what? Strengthen thy brethren. And when Peter decided something, Lord, I love you and I will serve you. Guess what happened? Peter got off the shelf and back into service. He got off the shelf and back into service. Service is always a question of love. Service is always a question of love. What do we love? And that is what we serve. Or whether we will serve God or not. What do you love greater than your God? What do you serve more than your God? What you love and what you serve, to be quite frank, is your God. And we see this, that when he said, Lord, I, I love you, and he got up, and the Lord even would say, there's coming a day when they're going to leave you where you would lead you, where you will not go. There was a day when you were young, you got up and went where you wanted, but there's coming a day when they're going to lead you where you would not go. And he would speak those words, signifying the death that he would give, the way that he would glorify God in his death. He would give his life in his service for the Lord. He got up off the shelf and went for the Lord. And I will tell you this, many people put themselves on the shelf by loving the wrong things. What do you love? Will you serve God with your life? Not everybody's called to be a preacher or a missionary, but everybody's called to something, friend. I'll tell you that. Everybody's called to be a witness in whatever place God puts them, and God has called every person to be in his service in some manner, way, shape, or form. And whether you will serve or not will be a reflection of whether you love or not. What do you love? He said, lovest thou me it. The love that he had for God, it, it took him off the shelf. And I will tell you this, Christian, if you get your eyes on the love for the Lord, you won't want to be on the shelf anymore, friend. 
If you get to think and hear for a moment what God would remind him of, Peter, do you remember who I am? I am the Lord. I am the one who spoke this world into existence. I am the one who made you, shaped you, and formed you. I am the one who called you. I am the one who died for you. I am the one who can speak a word and perform miracles. That's who I am. And by the way, not only is that who I am, but I want to spend time with you, Peter. I want to sit by the fireside and commune with you and talk with you. And I love you so much that I died for you so that I could have you. If you get your eyes on that, you won't want to be on the shelf anymore. You want to do something for the one who loved you so much. You want to do that. I want to serve him. I want to serve him. Let me, let me ask you something, fellas. Do you get your wife something on her birthday or her anniversary because you have to or because you love her? You take care of your wife because you have to or because you love her? If it's a have to, put a date by that, an expiration date. Choose it. Because marriages that come down to have to soon become non-existent. When one part or the other makes it a have to. I'm not saying there's not days of have to. But you can't live in the have to. You have to live in I love to. And you can't live on having to serve God. You have to live on loving God. And it'll put you in your service. You won't want to be on the shelf anymore. Not only did it take him off the shelf, but look what it did. Love took him beyond the fireside. He sat with Peter, and he's there with James and John. The other disciples are sitting around the fire. They're eating the fish. It had to feel like what it once was, didn't it? Like a moment where they looked back at those nights as they would walk with the Lord after he had fed the 5,000 and they sat down by the fire or that, that first time that he had caught all those fish or maybe it was the time when he told Peter to go out and catch that fish and we'll pay our taxes and there was a coin in the mouth of a fish and their mind must have gone back to what it was like to, to, to see the miracle and then come back that night after the crowds had dispersed and to sit down by the fire and just talk with their Lord and what a wonderful time that must have been. But the Lord was calling and asking something more for Peter, wasn't he? Peter, you're going to have to step beyond the fire. But don't ever get away. We came here today for the fireside, didn't we? We gathered together. I mean, I don't know about you, but I gathered here today not to, not to sing about me, not to sing about you, but to sing about him. We stood here and we sang about our Savior we gave as God has given to us and we're gathered around his word. We've encouraged one another. And this is a great time. It, for me, it's the highlight of my week. Hey, but not just here. But I met the fireside with my Lord this morning before I got here. And opened up my Bible and spent some time in his word. And I'll get to do that tomorrow. And friend, I, I, I don't want to ever miss that. But we can't stay here, can we, friend? Can't stay here all day. Matter of fact, some of you are already thinking about lunch, right? We can't stay here all day. I love my time in God's Word in the morning, but friend, I can't stay there all day, can I? Friend, one day we will. That's when we're up there and we're in His presence for all of eternity. No, we can't stay there all the time. God was looking at Peter and saying, Peter, I've got something for you. I need you to leave the comfort of the fireside. And I need you to go to the lost man. I need you to preach at Pentecost. I need you to go find Cornelius, 
oh, that Gentile that needs the Lord. Lord would have to give a dream to Peter to make him realize, I came for the Gentile too, Peter. I need you to leave the comfort of the fireside here with these fellows you've known and me that you've known and sat around the fire for the last three years. And, and I need you to make sure that you get out to some of those folks that aren't by the fireside today and make sure they hear about the one who died on the cross for them and rose again three days later. I need you to leave the fireside, Peter, and I need you to go to Pentecost. I, I need you to preach the gospel. I need you to, to, to give the word of God. Hey, John, I've got something for you. Even though Peter was pushing it back, he said, well, what about John? And God said, no, Peter, I'm not asking John, I'm asking you. But God had something for John as well right there was something it had to go beyond the fireside didn't it friend your faith has got to go beyond the fireside this is wonderful but what will you do when you leave it there's somebody out there who needs Jesus there's somebody out there we can't just stay by the fireside all day there's coming a day when we will. That trumpet's going to sound, and we're going to be caught up to get out of here, and we're going to spend all of eternity with our Lord. But until that day, I can't just sit by this fireside. I can't just sit by the one of my personal devotions. I love the time with my family at home and God's Word. But we can't just sit there all day doing that, can we? Because there's someone who doesn't know Christ, and God told us to go tell him. He looked at Peter and said, Peter... The fire is wonderful. Peter, I love this. But I'm about to ascend up into glory. And I'm telling you, I have something for you. Be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Somebody's got to leave the comfort of their home early on a Sunday morning, get on a bus, go bring somebody to church. Someone has to leave their own comfort zone, go knock on someone's door and tell them about Jesus. Somebody has to step outside of themselves and teach a Sunday school class. Somebody's got a witness to that person in their workplace. Someone has to be purposefully going beyond what they feel is comfortable to somebody else with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Peter would have loved to stay by the fire. He had no problem with the fire. Oh, I love the miracle. Peter and John, here they are. It's back. Jesus is right here in our presence. Let's just stay. And God said, no. No. You've got to get up and go from here. And I will tell you, Christian, he asked Peter a question that drove him beyond the fireside. And this was the question. Lovest thou me more than these? That question drove him beyond the fire. Well, I'm sure it drove him back to the fire but it drove him beyond the fire. He would ask him that question as he sat on the shelf, just going back to what he wanted to do with his life, and the Lord would say, lovest thou me? And it would get him off the shelf, and he asked him this question that got him past the fireside, lovest thou me? I hope you love the Lord enough to get to the fire, but also help you love him enough to go beyond the fire. But take what you got with him as you spent time with him. And take it to someone who doesn't know him. And the only way that you'll do, and the only way that we can do that is when we answer the question, how much do I love him? How much do I love him? And I will tell you this. If it isn't, I love you, Lord, you won't go.
will stay by the fire, will stay on the shelf. When you say, I love you, Lord, it'll take you off the shelf and past the fire to walk out there and tell someone about Christ. And one day, by the way, friend, we'll all sit around the fire for all of eternity. The Bible tells us when we get to glory, there'll be, no, there'll be no sun there, there'll be no moon there, there'll be no need for that because he'll be the light of that place. We'll spend all of eternity there in his presence. Like that moment, what a day that will be when our Jesus we shall see, when we will walk with him all day long and we'll know his presence all day long. But in the meantime, friend, we can't just stay by the fire. We've got to take the fire out and go talk to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way that we do that is, and the, way that, and the, only, the answer to the question of will we go is always this, do I love him? And friend, it is a choice. He has commanded it. Go. And he did say, if you love me, keep my commandments. But he isn't making any of us do it. He's just simply asking, lovest thou me more than these? To be frank, some will say no. Go back to their life the way it was. Their soul being saved, but not in service. Some will be content to sit by the fire at home as they walk with God or sit by the fire in church. Their love won't take them beyond. They'll talk of their testimony among the saved and sing about it to the saved. They won't take it to the lost because they like the fireside, but not the call. And the question is this, lovest thou me more than these? Let's pray. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for the word of God. I thank you for this passage of scripture, how convicting it is, Lord. Peter's not alone in this place of putting himself on the shelf. And probably every one of us could sit here in times in our life and look around where we have put ourselves on, our she- on the shelf or we have decided to do something different than what you called us to do. And I pray this morning that we would clear, cloud, clearly and loudly hear the call, the question, lovest thou me? And that our answer would be, yes, Lord, I love you. Show me what you want from me and we'll pursue you. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask you this. Number one, do you know Christ as your Savior? Could you say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know that he died on the cross and he rose again. And I know he did it for me, that he took my sin upon him at the cross and he died and he rose again that I might be saved. And I could take you to a point in my life when I trusted Christ. And preacher, I know that I'm saved. That's settled for me. Would you raise your hand as a testimony between you and I and the Lord? You say, preacher, I know that I'm saved. Thank you. You may put your hand down. Is there anybody who say, preacher, I'm unsure about that? Maybe you know the gospel story. You know exactly what Jesus died on the cross for. And you know that he died for you, but you've never made it personal. It's always been about what he did for the world, but never about what he did for you. But this morning, you'd like to say, Preacher, I want to know Christ as my personal Savior. I want to know him personally, and I want to put my trust in him. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I I can pray for you? Is there anybody say, Preacher, would you pray for me? Let me ask you this then, Christian. Maybe you would say, Hey, Preacher, the Lord has spoken in my heart. I may not know the specifics of it. That's between you and the Lord as he has specifically spoken to your heart. But you'd say, hey, preacher, the Lord has spoken to my heart with that question, lovest thou me more than these? If you'd say, preacher, that's me, would you raise your hand as a testimony? And would you stand with me as the pianist begins to play as God has spoken to your heart and time of prayer is available and the altar is open. Don't pass up on the opportunity to pray and meet with God. You know, there's one who left the throne of heaven, died on the cross and rose again that you might be saved. Boy, as he has spoken to your heart, as he's worked in your heart, respond. I, I pray that we wouldn't be silent when God speaks to us. But as he calls, we would respond in prayer. But 
as the invitation is given, do business with the Lord this morning.